Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Blix. And this is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of packing your bags, getting your tickets, flying to that place you've always wanted to be, and finding out you're dead. This is sure as heck not Kansas, Toto. No, sure not. That would sure put a clip in my vacation right now, I'll tell you that. I don't know whether we want to tag this on to the end of our Adventuring During a Disaster or what series, <laughs> but uh, this time we're talking about uh, adventuring in places that look good, but aren't. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, so, uh, and a lot of stories, um, a lot of literature, a lot of movies, uh, whatever your source material might be, uh, has to do with people going places that look pretty good i mean you know everything's you know if you are hopeful to be there their lives are better and then it hits the fan okay uh and there's a, a lot of examples that we're going to go through a lot of them uh go all the way from the uh historical uh all the way through to of course to the high fantasy so to kick us off let's talk about the original snow job greenland yeah. In the 1400s, one particular fellow who wasn't doing very well where he was at decided that he wanted to go and set up a colony where he could basically be in control. He went out and explored with his boat and he found this really big place that didn't have anybody on it. And he came back and he said, oh, this is the greatest place in the world. It's got trees, it's got meadows, it's got great farmland, all this stuff. Sign up, put your name down right here, get on the boat, and we'll take you there and we'll start a colony. And the place they ended up with is Greenland, which is right next to Iceland. And there's no difference between them other than geography. Actually, Iceland's greener than Greenland. Indeed, that is true. That is ironically true. Yeah. And it's funny, they've actually found out due to, you know, surface radar and all that, you know, all the new stuff we have, that Greenland, we see it as this one big mass. It's actually like thousands of little islands under the massive ice cap that we all know the shape as Greenland is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. They found this out about like five, six years ago, and I was like, oh, okay, that's my new factoid of the day, and... Yeah, I mean, if the if the Earth was to rotate on its axis somewhat, you know, like suppo- what supposedly happened down in the South Pole, Greenland could become actually green. But I don't see it happening otherwise. We're yeah. talking about an awful lot of global warming for that place to be yeah. a, 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 a a vacation location. As water tables have risen, um, Greenland is actually you you would 
the, it hasn't lost any of its its land due to the water rising because a lot of the water rising is coming from those glaciers melting, and as those glaciers melt, the weight gets off the top of the land, and the land is actually springing up. Huh. Okay. That's a lot of compression. It, it is. It is. That, that ice is quite heavy, and, and they were they were yeah. kind of surprised because they thought that Greenland would would start would be losing more of its shore, and it's not. It's it's it was it was kind of like mm. why is this the only place in the world that's not losing shoreline? And uh, yeah, they, they they realized, oh crap, that's right, because you got all this heavy ice sitting on the earth, and the oh yeah, look at that, right. Well, but but back but back to our our uh, our podcast. Uh, uh, so what we're talking about. So this you know what we're talking about here is where you have basically been given uh, a snow job. You've been given a, a line of tripe, and and you know people have been blowing sunshine at you, and you go and sell the farm, and you load up, and you find you've got to tough it out because there was no coming back from Greenland. They basically got there and broke the boats apart and turned them into houses, and there was no coming back from Greenland. They had to really work at it you know, to keep surviving, to, to live there. So, uh, and that's a lot of times what happens in a Fringeworthy adventure uh, or in other things like, you know, uh, uh, Hardwire Hinterland or uh, even in uh, in a very real sense uh, when you're in the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the weird zone. I mean, it, granted, it's only about 30-some hours, but it could be a rough 30-some hours. I could see that happening in FTL. Uh, or, or especially an incursion. Incursion, that's another one, yeah. Oh yeah! In fact, even more so incursion because you have all these sentient species everywhere. I mean, it's basically you know you can't you can't throw you can't throw an asteroid without hitting a populated planet. You know, so yeah. I don't know if any of you guys uh, listen or, or read the Old Man's War series uh, by John Scalia. And uh, the interesting thing about that is that there's lots and lots of aliens out there, and they all find humans delicious. Oh goody! <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, I mean, more often than not, it's like, well, we had a colony, and then the so and sos arrived, and you know, they're go- and our colony's gone. <laughs> it gives that one book to serve man clarity of meaning. Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it happened all the time, and it's, it's strange because you know, humans don't actually find aliens in general to be tasty. We don't have that pol- that practice, but. We're not eating other sentient species. Yeah, but a lot of other, but a lot of them did. So uh, I, I've never seen that in either FTL or um, Incursion, which I thought would be really make it interesting to if, to have a, a race that just literally found all the other sentient races to be delicious. I think that would be uh, an interesting thing to do. So this is an example where someone is is actively lying to you. Uh, or and and giving you, you know, a false idea. Now this could happen a lot in Fringeworthy, where you run across fringe walkers, or you run into uh, various uh, uh, gypsies and other type people who might know of a place where if they if they send the Fringeworthy their way, they might get a little kickback later, or maybe they just take a dislike to you and send you to the biggest hellhole they can think of, and but they'll they'll paint it up, you know, shiny. For you to go and, and have a good time there, and and be sure to go to that castle. You know that that guy. You know Vlad. He's he's a really nice guy. He 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 doesn't get very many visitors. He'll really roll out the carpet for you. And he's got three lovely daughters. 
Wow. Anyways. Each one more beautiful than the last. That's right. That's right. In, in kind of the same time period, a little bit later, uh, this is from my son, Eric, and he suggested uh, the story of Moby Dick. Because here you have basically a, a real man's adventure, you know, with, with ships and whales and, and high seas and, and going out on basically a cruise. If you were uh, somebody who was like paying your way to go on, it's like, it'd be really exciting until you find out that the captain is a complete psychopath. Hell-bent on destroying a whale, yes. And destroying anybody, the ship, or anything else that's in, is in the way. Yeah, so uh, you, you know you you can have one person who totally t- uh, to make another nautical reference torpedoes your entire experience because they've got something that they're going to do come hell or high water, and that's one way of turning some place that actually was nice, you know, or interesting at least, you know, uh, with a lot of um, very uh, I don't know if you guys have read Moby Dick, but it has very colorful characters in it. Uh, and turning it into a real, you know, road to hell. So, so when you say the world of Moby Dick, you you mean like literally on on the um... Pequod, right on the boat. Let's say you know, it's uh, I, I, he, uh, Eric suggested that as a situation that you could run into where it could be on any other world where you know, other, if it wasn't for the fact that there's a psychopath. You know, uh, in, in the area, this would be a really nice place. <laughs> right, right. You know, and that and that one person literally drives the drama for the entire area. You know, whether it's a religious person raising an army of whatever, whether it's a mad doctor who's you know spawning, literally spawning you know things into the the, the surrounding neighborhood. Uh, you know, Dracula. You know, who's who basically preys upon the the surrounding side, and, and uh, what otherwise would be a lovely Bavarian village turns out to be a place where people are afraid to go out at night. I'm also, I'm also reminded of the uh, various uh, con jobs that happened during the colonization of the of North America. There were actually several people who, well, you know, I can say, you know, made it sound a whole lot better than it was to get uh-huh. colonists over, right. You know? Similar um, to Greenland. Don't forget waylaying. I mean, that's just straight up kidnapping, knocking people out. They wake up on a boat. Shanghai. Shanghai, yeah. Shanghai yes. or press gangs. Well, I thought that was yeah. also, I uh, thought that's where the term way, I thought waylay was. Waylaying is another term for it, too. But uh, uh, br- the British were known for press gangs. Yeah. But I, I, I think Shanghai is, is, a, is another term when they opened up the, all the voyages out to, you know, uh, you know, when, Asia. Yeah. Right. And uh, the, the whole Hong Kong thing. I mean, they, they needed people to crew those ships that went all the way out there. And don't forget indentured servants. Debtors prison. Emptying your prisons and, and using them as colonists uh, is actually a uh, tried and true uh, policy. Uh, One word of Australia. Uh, well, it was also done by Russia. That when they tried to colonize the uh, northern, uh, northwestern part of Canada and the Kodiak Islands, and where it is now Alaska, uh, ah. they, a lot of the people that were in those colony ships were actually criminals that they used to fill out their ranks because they couldn't get enough people to sign up. 
I mean, that's how a good portion of Siberia was settled. Right. Well, that, that and, and, and of course, uh, a lot of tra- fur trappers. Uh, back in the 1700s, uh, a lot of, uh, of, of the wealth of, of Siberia and Russia came from fur trade. Ah. Okay. The psychopathy basically ruins everybody's day. Uh, that's another example of, t- uh, of a place that looks nice but isn't. Okay. Uh, I came up with uh, where you have something that's, that's a, a nice place. Uh, a, a great place to be, but then something terrible happens. Uh, an act of God. And so I have that listed in our list under the Titanic slash Poseidon adventure. Uh, earthquake of 1909 in California. Right. You know, here you are, you know, enjoying the, the heyday. You know, it could be like the heyday of the, uh, uh, oh, shoot, um, uh, of the gold rush you know matter of fact they 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 actually did that uh in uh paint your wagon and a little bit uh they did that in uh, support your local sheriff where they undermined the entire town looking for gold and then some somebody set off one explosive too much and the town disappeared oh right yep and the town was full of uh you know uh uh, of, of saloons and um, uh, carnivals and all kinds of things because there was lots of money there. So there was lots of entertainment there and people trying to, to, to remove your money, but at the same time giving you a good, you know, a good entertainment for it all. And uh, all of a sudden, boom, town's gone. <laughs> Colorado, I live in Colorado Springs. There are abandoned mine shafts everywhere. There's a good chance that someplace would collapse because, well, they didn't fill it, fill it back in. It's Empty and water, any water comes in there will start undermining the uh, supports, and it could actually collapse, and you'd have a, a sinkhole. Right. I mean, the good thing is that there's so much granite out there. In the east, you have all that limestone, and talk about undermining stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> that that could be really bad. But this is a, a kind of a violation of our policy where we don't like people creating fringeworthy adventures that you you kind of walk through and bam, this happens because it's so unlikely that something like that would happen just as you come through. It's it's kind of a, a literary conceit, but at the same time, is it that's it does it does happen occasionally, and you can and you can give them a warning. You know, you're walking into a mining town that that's basically there's tailings everywhere, and you realize the tailings are around the town, but it takes people to think it through. So where are you digging under the town? You know, that's the point you got going. Oh crap! <laughs> right. I, I'm sure that some of the places that were right next to Mount St. Helen were also nice. Um, you know, I'm sure that uh, uh, you know that Pompeii was beautiful this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, it was, so we're talking about places that are really nice and 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 you really like them, but there's a disaster that either is looming or just happens to come out of nowhere and ruin your day. I'm thinking Chicago. You just want to stay away from the O'Leary Farm. It started actually. It started someplace else. It didn't start with the cow and Mrs. O'Leary's farm knocking over the lantern and catching the barn. They looked at the histo- they they looked at the historical records and where the, and the burn report burn parents were and it actually didn't start at O'Leary's farm it started someplace ah. else. So yes, the, the cow has been the cow has been pardoned. <laughs> yeah, poor Mrs. O'Leary. Yeah, you know, has, having to live that down generation after generation. Yeah, another one that my son pre- presented was the uh, book Ender's Game, 
which is where you know you, you knew you were going to go. You know, you're going to go up to space camp, and you're going to learn to be a pilot. And you know, you're going to be in space, and they're going to train you in this wonderful zero g environment, and you're going to learn how to do all kinds of great and great stuff. And then you get there, and you find out it's like you know, because the situation is so dire that you know that all the marbles are you know are, are on the line, and they're and they're just brutal with you. You know, which is what happened to these kids. These kids are literally just, you know, driven to destruction in a lot of cases in, in the story Ender's Game. They they did it a lot more, I think, in the movie than they did in the book. Uh, but, you know, it's... it's well, I, they had to compress it. They had to compre- compress it a bit, which sort yeah. of felt more brutal in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there was a time when they used to... Uh, uh, advertise the French Foreign Legion as a great way to see the world. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and anybody who knows about what they did, where they were sent, <laughs> they saw the world all right. <clears throat> one one bullet at a time. Yeah. And, you know, one, one unpleasant place, either the sands of North Africa or this, you know, the, 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 the yellow fever infested islands of New Guinea and all those other places they got sent. So I, I, got, a, I got one for you. You know, the, the travel brochure says new colonies opening up on, uh, I think, LV241 or 247. <laughs> Which one was it? LV two forty something. It's the uh, it's the the where aliens um, takes place. Oh yes, ah. the Merchants of Venus basically is one of those uh, books where they advertise. You know, they're trying to get rid of the morons in the world, so they're trying to convince them to go to Venus. Now, it's not the Venus of Pulp Fiction. It's it's our Venus. But wow, gonna, yeah, yes, <laughs> and there's also and there's and there's also the Golge of Frank and B fleet. Where they took half of the, the useless half of their population and put them all on space freighters and sent them off to supposedly colonize the Earth, but you know they were really just expecting them to die out there. Yeah. <laughs> so they they foresaw idiocracy coming and decided to put an end. Oh, to it. oh, that's a, it's, it's an old trope. It's an old the marching morons is an old trope. Marching <laughs> morons. <laughs> that's that's what it's called the marching morons. <laughs> Much like the colonizations of Russia, sometimes the governments will get rid of a useless part of their population by throwing them at some place, you know, saying, go over there and live a good life with all the freedoms. And uh, when, when they sent, uh, when France sent colonists over to America, they gave them like uh, how many, a couple acres of, well, they gave, they gave them a hope box. And the idea was, that, especially the girls, that they would get a guy to marry her because there was supposed to be gold in the box and, 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 and stuff. And they would come to America and be uh, settlers. And when they got there, she'd open up her hope box. And it, deed, it did indeed have a, a deed to a number of acres along the uh, Mississippi, I believe, and uh, a, a, a small bag of doubloons to basically allow you to buy your seed uh, uh, corn or whatever, or wheat or whatever, when you were over there and get started, and but uh, that was how they got the uh, the Louisiana territories uh, uh, settled. Uh, to, you know, away from the Indians, of course, that were already there. Oh uh, yeah. 
basically the fr- the French were pretty good at figuring out where the Indians were and where they weren't. And so yeah, there wasn't as bad as the British. Well, they were friends with the <laughs> Indians. I mean, they fought together. Oh yeah, you know, in, in a lot of wars. So yeah. But anyways, it still came down to the fact is that they were you know you you get this enticement to go off and uh, um, and, and I would I think it would be great to run into uh, uh, especially in the later campaign. To, to you know to start running into people uh, uh, on worlds where they literally had been shipped there you know uh, uh, that that actually happened in uh, uh, in one of my adventures though it wasn't a, a good thing it was like their world was was going to be destroyed and so they managed to use the um, uh, the uh, uh, I'm sorry the attuning function of a of, of the the crystals to go and and they, they passed a crystal around uh, a lot of people in their population and got enough of them that actually became fringeworthy. They said, okay, we're going to send you over to another world so that when our world gets eaten by the, uh, uh, by the black hole or whatever, there'll be somebody left. And, uh, that was, and so you, you, you get there and you find out, uh, you could go to some world and find out that they're from another world. And uh, maybe it's uh, they were given a bill of goods to come over here. <laughs> maybe actually, I can say I can actually see that happening when the big system was still in operation, where when the Commonwealths decide that they need to uh, settle this marginal alternate Earth, you know, marginal in various ways, but they do so by convincing a affiliate race that they need this. You know, we'll send you to a wonderful place where you can learn all this wonderful stuff. No, they're just looking for bodies to work the land and then do a little bit of basic terraforming of the place for them. And and along the lines of super science gone wrong, which is what happened when the big system crashed during the uh, the the Meller to Meller War, we have Jurassic Park. You know, let's and upcoming Jurassic World, right? Which is the exact same idea. It's really a reboot. You know, let's go and, and take a place and populate full of a lot of carnivorous, you know, uh, animals that are bigger than humans, and and and, and have it at a theme park. It's like, <laughs> and they got and they got the dinosaurs wrong because we know that most of those dinosaurs should have feathers. Yeah, most people are just not going to buy that. They want, yeah, they're, they want they're, them they're lizardly. Been indoctrinated so oh. long with how dinosaurs look, like we've all grew up and learned them. Uh, no, it's changing because I had a half an hour conversation with this twelve-year-old uh, uh, who was putting all the dinosaurs saying wrong, 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 wrong. Come on, John! They got the brontosaurus in there that they're going to make brontosaurus burgers out of. That's right. Friends, <laughs> she she knew enough, and the rack of she knew enough that, yeah. She knew enough that she was able to criticize the spinosaurus because the spinosaurus they had was wrong. Well, that's good, you know, and I and I'm I'm looking forward to my daughter being able to do that. But yeah. in the meantime, yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, Jurassic World is a great example. I I hope it's going to be an okay movie. It sounds like a reboot than a continuation, so we'll see how it goes. And we and we have a number of of uh, real life examples of super science gone bad. For example, the Biodome too. Okay, uh, this was a this was supposed to, you were supposed to be living in essentially an ecologically balanced world for you know a year, and uh, all you basically had to do was a little bit of gardening, 
and and that would, everything would be great, and it was a, a nice low impact year until they found out that the concrete that they had used to build it was absorbing oxygen. Oh, and the oxygen layers, the oxygen got to the point where it was about being on the top of one of the, you know the top of Mount Everest. And that's when they finally said, okay, we've got to add some oxygen and kind of break their, te- uh, their test protocols. Hold on, wait a minute. I thought it was because they put Pauly Shore in there. That was the movie. I was going to mention the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, all, and also, they, they didn't get the mix right for plants and so forth. So, like, I think it was in the, like their desert area. was No, it was, it was a tropical area that started dying off. It just wasn't right. Yeah, it just wasn't right. So, but Bruce, are we are we ready to to touch on the on the worlds that we thought would be fun, but turn out, you know, and in, in, in retrospect, maybe oh. not so much fun. Well, I, I kind of wanted to, work, wanted to work from the real toward the, um, the 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 very unreal kind of thing. That's that's why I've been doing this way. I reordered them, you know. Well, hey, well then I I got a real one for you. Okay. So like you know you watch a lot of westerns and stuff, uh, and this is getting this is not just the mining towns. Even though this is based on a, you can get a real good example of this from from a mining town. But like any western, um, any anywhere in the territories, if you want to see what life is like from everything I've read and everything I've heard, the uh, the, the the show um, Deadwood was fairly accurate uh, depiction of what time was like back then mm-hmm. uh, in a territory. Because it's you know it's not a state, so you don't have your your regular justice, but but it is a territory, so you you kind of have justice that will come in, but you're so far out that everything is is kind of corrupt, um, and and that was you know the true Wild West, the way the way you know the reason why it was wild. Yeah, that's that's why you had U.S. Marshals. You know, they more or less were the law. <laughs> but, but the show the the show showed how. Um, you know, it wasn't like like the westerns you think of today, where it's like, oh, I'm going to challenge you to a gunfight out in the street. You know, it was more like you'd get shot in the back or stabbed. You know, as you were coming around a corner, uh, it reminded me more of like the kind of uh, kind of activity that went on, like in the show Oz. You know, where you know you, you never fought anybody fairly. It, it, Un- uh, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven is another great example of that too. Oh yeah, so it's like yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go live in a, in, a, in a cowboy world and be a gunslinger. It's like yeah, well, you might not last that long. Actually, that's a, that's a good segue for our, 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 another place that's Western in a way, but it's 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 um, Western world, as in Westworld. Yes, you know. Yule Brenner, the Yule Brenner movie from the seventies. Yeah, they're actually thinking about re- rebooting it. Again. I've heard about that, yeah. Actually, it'd be the second time we'd be a TV show. Because they did do a TV show. <sighs> there was a Westworld TV show, but it didn't last. It lasted, like, I think, half a season. Well, you know, Westworld was really cool until everything went wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was great. You All your fantasies were all taken care of. Yeah, Westworld, Future World, and Medieval World. They all were great places to visit. It's just... You know, they just the programmers just weren't very good at it with their job. Future Future World, by the way, was an was a, another one. Uh, uh, it that's uh, it was Westworld, Roman World, and Medieval World. Medieval World. I thought you're oh, you're right. The second movie had you lodge the ski the uh, the ski the slopes of Mars and I like that. I yeah, that's right. That's right. 
and and it had a entire it had an entirely different plot. The the robots didn't go crazy in Future World. They were replacing people. Basically, they were taking a nod from the Stepford wives. Important people were being invited to go to this place, and then they would replace them with with an android version of themselves that was identical. Except, of course, it was working for the people who were behind Westworld, which I'm not sure they ever actually said who they were. I gotta have a '70s '80s sci-fi weekend. Yeah. That that but that's but that's the plot though from of James Bond Jr. from Casino Royale. He was replacing he was replacing world leaders with androids. Is it is this the one with David Niven? Yeah, David Niven, Peter Sellers, and and uh, Woody Allen. All right, yeah. I I I'd forgotten. It's it's I never really consider it to be one of the uh, real James Bond movies, you know, because it was it was meant to be a parody. Oh no, the Casino Royale I think of is the Daniel Craig one, but we won't go there. The Pole Park scene, yeah. But yeah, Westworld again is technology gone awry. Uh, it's it's a great place, and and right up to the point where the bad things started happening, you couldn't get. I mean, you had so many people just say, "You got to go there. It's the greatest time in the world. You'll never have a better. You know, you, you can do whatever you want to. You can you know have a Roman orgy. You can have a gunfight you can go riding you know across the plains on a horse i mean all the things that you could do you know uh it was it was you know it was complete wish fulfillment until bad things happened yeah i also think that that is a great place for blackmail because they had video cameras everywhere so they have they have recordings of everything going on it's like look what this guy look what this guy's into I'm, I'm sure, but of course you're doing it. You're doing it with a robot, so you know it's yeah. It's it's not quite the same. Yeah, but who was who was the emperor during? Was it Caligula or was it Nero? Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, they, they didn't. They didn't really have show a whole lot of what happened over in in Roman, in Roman world. world yeah. yeah, it was mostly yeah. like, yep, yeah, you know, they're they're having a big party. Yep, they're all having an orgy. Yep, wait a second. Why why are the servants slaying you know, the gladiators slaying everybody? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't forget, you could be you could be a gladiator. You could do things that weren't very, very Roman, like you could be a gladiator, then be the then be a, a senator. It's like no. Not really. Yes, yes, you can, <laughs> because it's Westworld. It's you know, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's Roman world. Yes, yes. So, anyways, that's uh, so. Yeah, uh, that that was great. Uh, I I always wanted to go to Westworld and and uh, and some of those other places because you know it looked like you know a great time. Uh, all right. Westworld in the, in the fir- first year of your operation, not the second year of operation. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, so now moving away from the 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 plausible into the more implausible, basically any adventure that involves time travel. Yeah. Because the you know we are really uh, slaves of familiarity. We all the things that, that are in our lives that we consider to be just normal. Are an artifact of, of of like ten to twenty years on either side of us. Really, I mean the things that we really care about. Uh, and you go a little further back, and it's a whole different world. I mean, people talk differently, they eat different foods, they certainly think differently. 
Uh, and uh, you know, there's only been a few science fiction adventures where they really bring that to task, whereas they, they send some group of people back into the past and they just find out that they're really, really miserable. As a matter of fact, in some stories, that is you know, what you do to really punish people is that you just take you take them and strip them down and give them nothing but a, a tunic to wear and you send them back to like four or five hundred years someplace where they don't speak the language they don't you know they, they have no standing you know they have no skills that work you know in their you know in their present circumstances and you know, it's, it's basically what what sounds to other people like a great time. Hey, let's go back to the 1500s and I don't know what happened exactly in the 1500s, but I'm sure there's some place in the 1500s that people would like to be. The courts of, uh, of, of, of France. Maybe feudal Japan, you know, get to be... The Renaissance. All those things we hear about, it sounds so good, but then if you're there... You know, once you're there, you start finding out that everything rubs you the wrong way. Oh, everything smells. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no such thing as, I mean, people don't bathe, okay? And they, and they cover it up with more smell by various perfumes and other things like that. Pe- uh, women's uh, cosmetics usually involved taking paste made from excretions of animals and mixing it with some pigment and smearing it on. Yeah. 15th, 15th century, they were using lead-based white makeup. Go, going almost anywhere in the past sounds great until you do it. And of course, if you go all the way into the back to the Jurassic period, then you run into you know into Jurassic Park all over again. Because you find out, you oh hey, I'm in a place where everything wants to eat me. Fifteenth century it was it was the height of the Mayan Empire. Of course, what you don't realize is that a your head's not the right shape because they did head binding, so they made so they made their heads a bit uh, egg shape. And if you don't look right, then you'll probably either end up as a sacrificial because the Mayans did do blood sacrifices, or you'd be treated like some sort of freak at that point. Because be, unless unless they dyed your skin the right color, you'd be the wrong color too. And no, you're not going to be Quetzalcoatl, yeah, because you won't have any of his powers unless you come with a lot of power. I mean, unless you basically come back as a conqueror, you're 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 going on a trip as a conqueror, you know, and you're just basically going to kick butt everywhere, and then to everybody bows down and worship you, and then you'd have a pretty good time at that point, I suppose. Yeah, until you run out of bullets. But that's a lot of bloodbath you're going to. Well, that's assuming you can't come back. My preference for this kind of a situation where you know uh, you're, you're trying to basically improve everybody's lot just so you you can be comfortable is the second um, uh, Death World story by uh, Harry Harrison, where he he ends up on this world. This the first place he let, ends up is. It's it's just this almost featureless plane of clay where these these nomadic bands of, of of one tough guy and his slaves go around you know pulling basically turnips out of the ground and selling them to uh, tribes of people who have better technology and so I think I have a, I think I have a good idea if you're talking about being sent to a place where you think it would be good and it's nothing but hell. The perfect book series, and sadly, the author passed away a few years ago. It's called the Guardians of the Flame series. It was done by Joel Rosenberg. Right. Oh, you've heard of it. Okay, yeah. 
the college professor was really a wizard, and so the players that he ran in his game, he sent them into the world, which actually was the world he came from, but to these college students, he had it as a it's a fantasy role-playing realm, yeah. Had these characters, the, the, the young college students had these characters, and they got sent in back to the realm of Professor Dayton's origin into their characters' forms. So now they're stuck as, you know, you know, you had one guy who's now Barak the Barbarian, his girlfriend who was just there, she's now Lotana the Wizard. You had one guy who was a thief, but he had an arm missing. The computer science major who was had cerebral palsy in a wheelchair was now a dwarven warrior. So he didn't exactly get the short end of the stick. Probably liked it, yeah. Yeah, well... Short end, dwarven warrior. Oh, you see what I did there? Yeah, uh, but that was another. That's that's a perfect example of. Yeah, you would think that's a great thing. You're in a D and D world. No, a couple of the characters end up. I'm, I'm not giving spoilers. This is like a 20 year old series. A couple of the characters end up getting killed, and just all these other things happen to others. And it's just like, yeah, if you think, yeah, go to a D and D world. No, there's dragons and stuff there. Yeah. There better be lots of healing posters. Is all I'm saying. Healing potions and cure disease. I don't want to go to a D&D world. It's filled with psychotics who kill people and take their money. Yeah, mur- murder hobos. Yes, and roving bands of murder hobos. Get it right. Wealth redistribution. Yeah. But the thing is, you, you would, you're you still in a pseudo-medieval setting, which is like, what, the 11, 12, 1300s, where you have the disease. And, and just, yeah, it would not be good just on that alone. Then you're throwing in all these fantastic races that... You know, some of them are part of a super omnivore competitive ecosystem, and it's just like, check, please, I'm done. So, yeah, that would be another one. They all hate each other, yeah. Trav, and you said you said diseases. Well, there are people I have talked to uh, who seem to think that they can eat moldy bread and survive the plague. And um, just, just for your edification, Dan, anyone who thinks that, uh, you need to process penicillin or, or it's poisonous. Yes, yeah, see, I have a mold allergy, so I'm not going to sit there and eat bread mold to think I'm going to get better. I'm going to end up having a bad allergic reaction. Now, now, wait a second. I saw that episode of Sliders, and it was really pretty easy. They just had to kind of make a stew of some kind, you know? If you know how to do it. Uh, I've actually read up on how you actually get penicillin, and at some point, you actually are, have to go into a laboratory and extract it using certain reagents and distilling it to yeah. get it out. It's, it's not something that you, you, know, you just st- turn it into a poultice and shove it on somebody's you know, weeping wound. Yeah, because that that story about the bum that was eating moldy bread and didn't get sick is a complete and utter myth. Yeah, it did not happen. It's not even remotely true. I I didn't hear that story. Oh yeah, there's this. It's a it's it's a I don't know. It's 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 not an internet myth. It's older than the internet. It's probably an urban legend type thing. Yeah, it's an old urban legend where they they there was this this uh, homeless person who wasn't getting sick he was always healthy they checked him out they saw that he was eating moldy bread and that's where they got penicillin from they realized oh the mold on the penicillin blah 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 and it's a complete utter complete fabrication it was discovered in a laboratory yes it was it was yeah. discovered in a laboratory yeah. from what i heard by accident yeah because the guy was was bad at cleaning his petri dishes yeah 
Yeah. Now, now, now in in New England, uh, the mold there wouldn't produce penicillin, but it would produce psychotropic drugs. Yeah. Oh there yeah. You. Well, wait a minute. Let's 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 do a disclaimer here now. Yeah. <laughs> disclaimer for what? Tritech Games does not condone the use of legal drug use. Yeah. Even though even though one of us happens to be in in Colorado in, in Washington State. Dude! Hey. <laughs> All right. I'm getting kind of anxious. I want to start talking about the places we can go. Oh, all the places you can go. And shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, let's, let's, let's pick, you know, actually one that you, you can get to from multiple places. Oh, yeah. Um, I, 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 as I say, uh, time travel is, generally speaking, uh, an unpleasant way to spend your time. There literally is no place like home. When you turn to be 70, 80 years old, what are you thinking about? Oh, I wish it was 20 again because everything was nice then. Everything was right. The way you conceived in your mind the world to be, it was right then. And in a period of only a couple of decades, you've moved far enough away from it that you're miserable. So can you imagine going a couple of centuries away from that? I think that's a, I think that's a, a gift you know, an evolutionary gift so that you're ready mm-hmm. when you go. <laughs> and you're like, it's not that I don't want to go because you know what? I hate this age. I, they loved the 20 years ago before the internets and the cell phones and all that. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Turn out the music. Yeah. I got my cane ready to waggle it. <laughs> Does someone want to explain to me uh, the uh, why my, the My Little Pony World isn't the greatest place in the world to live, considering it's full of multicolored little ponies that love each other? It also has dragons. It also has evil, evil, uh, evil creatures there that basically try to destroy you. If you go to a place that isn't civilized by the ponies, you take your life in your hands. I heard it was like a whole evil galactic empire in this, and that the My Little Pony is the only part of it that's nice. There's like the ever, ever the ever free forest. Yes, uh, basically they have the timber wolves. They're made out of timber, and uh, they will attack you. Uh, there's things in there like poison junk, which will change you. You know, uh, basically if you have if you if you have certain abilities, it changes. Basically, changes it. It changes. Um, your best feature. So, like, uh, oh, um, oh, 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 good example, um, done for great effect. Uh, 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 shy gets hit with poison joke. So instead of having her normal, normal, soft, petite voice, she has James Earl Jones' voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> actually, it was, no, actually, it wasn't James Earl Jones. It was, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the other actor who has a deep range. Was he in... Was he in Green Mile? In the Green Mile? Michael Clark Duncan. Yes, I think it was, he he did the voice for when she was joked, uh, you know, and various and various other things too, like feel like uh, 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 Rainbow Dash had two left wings. That sucks. That's just wrong. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, but the thing is, there's a lot of things there that they will try. You know, there's hydras. There's the you know a lot of things that force would kill you. And you know it's it's you gotta be careful where you're going, and that doesn't count. Being also being caught in all these various uh, attempts to flim flam and steal and and attack, and basically every episode is just a, a litany of things that can go wrong, and it could potentially be potential disasters for the place. 
you know, it sounds like a great place to visit, but, you, you know, if you happen to be in Ponyville, be, be, beware, because it's going to have, you know, you're going to be routinely attacked by monsters there, probably. <laughs> in, in one sense, yeah, as long as you stayed out, as long as you stayed away from places like, like wherever the, 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 the main, the main characters are, you're, you'd be kind of safe. You wouldn't be in much trouble. Second, you see, you know, someone like Rainbow Dash or Rarity or that show up, you're going, you're going to be in trouble. Something bad's going to happen. I mean, they were invaded by changelings, which are basically Mellers. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah, yes. I mean, they were attacked by thousands of these suckers, and they if it hadn't been for uh, uh, her, her Twilight Sparkle's new sister-in-law, uh, it would have been a disaster. <laughs> you know you, you know too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, here's another place that you would think it'd be nice, and it's not on the list here, it just came to mind. And it's prevalent right now. It's going to be even more prevalent May 1st. And I'm just throwing this out here. I mean, you can shoot the, the MCU. Oh. Oh. Oh, I don't want to live there. No. See, that's the thing. Because, yeah, you think it's great. Yeah, superheroes. Yeah, until a supervillain goes crashing through your building or, or the building collapses. Or a superhero does it. You don't want to live in Metropolis. Okay, because Superman, Superman does not know how to save people. Yeah, the DCCU is another one. New York City in Marvel. Um, Gotham. Gotham, uh, whatever. I mean, any comic book universe. Star, Cit- Star City. Coast City. I mean, I can name off the city, the fictional cities for... And basically, yeah, everyone would think, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to live in a superhero universe. No. Not unless you're the uber superhero, and even if you are, you're going to end up spending all your time saving people instead of doing the stuff you want to do. Or to get away from it all, you got to be either like Superman with the Fortress of Solitude, or Doctor Manhattan, where he just goes. Yeah, Doctor Manhattan, where he just goes to the moon or whatever. Or you got Mars, your own place like you know, the Baxter Building for the Fantastic. But as I said, I mean, yeah, you'd think it'd be cool to live there because you got all these colorful characters, but when a fight can take out several square blocks of area, you know, that disrupts a city because they got to rebuild that, you know, businesses are taken out and, you know. Oh, yeah. And I'll just say, and you know there's no supervillain insurance, right? There's no way an insurance company could cover that. And it's funny because there there was a comic book series in Marvel about 20, oh, God, this came out. So about 25 years ago, it was called Damage Control. Basically, it was the people in charge of cleaning up after the battles, fire restoration people that you see now like in Rakan and all that but that's what damage control was and they just and finally it, it came to somebody's brain finally what is it you know going about cleaning up after these battles who would do that why would you go about it so they came up with this limited series called damage control but yeah a comic book universe would suck to live in two idiots would be fighting and then you're out of a job because you know, the superhero gets knocked through, you know, that would suck if somebody, a superhero's fighting and a superhero gets blown through, you know, the warehouse I work, I'd be out of a job. Yeah. Almost any building that you sense, you throw somebody through it, you know, that, that building, at least three or four floors are going to be out of action. Right, exactly. Or, you know, so yeah, that's another area, nice place to visit, but. Yeah, there was a the audio books. There was a uh, web webcast for a while there, and I forgot the name of it. Basically, the guy is the uh, he's an efficiency expert for supervillains. It, it turns up ends up turning himself into a supervillain. It, it re- reboots at least halfway through the to, to the series, and then then reboots. But basically, yeah, his scam is he has an insurance company. You pay him insurance, 
his my his 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 uh, the 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 brute will not attack your place. <laughs> Guaranteed. We wouldn't. You wouldn't want something to happen to your nice shop, would you? Yeah, yeah. But he did as a, as a proper insurance because there was no connection between him and the brute. But everyone knew he had the connection. You know, he just never really. You know, I, I can't, what was it? I can't remember how it to be evil or something like that. I forgot what the name. I'll have to look it up. Dude, I didn't even think of that. But like, can you imagine a super villain? Who like he's fighting this hero and and, and he, he never actually like engages the hero. He's always he's always trying to avoid him and just doing damage everywhere he can do damage. Not even so much killing people, just doing like like as much expensive damage as he can. And and the hero finally catches him and he's just like you will you will never defeat me. You've never been able to defeat me. And you know he's just like mm. he's like dude, I already want to bankrupt the city. That was my goal. It's like and 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 all the crap you've been doing trying to get me. You've only been helping me. Yeah, right. It's sort of like it's like you don't want to live. Also, you don't want to live in the same universe as Venture Brothers. It looks like a lot of fun. Oh, you Venture Brothers? I well, just clue my memory because I I'm. It's it's the animated cartoon on on the. Yeah, animated cartoon. Yeah, basically they uh, it was on Adult Swim. They could they thought they didn't have the rights to Johnny Quest, so they made up their own little. Thing it turned out, oh no, we we do actually have rights to Johnny Quest. So he, yeah, so giant the adult Johnny shows up there occasionally, but yeah, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I mean, they're super villains. They they actually had to have rules on who can hench, who can super be the super villain for super, for different people because there's just too many of them. So you have to have, to have rules on who who your arch nemesis can be. <laughs> you know, and it's uh, and 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 the supreme leader of the of the bad guys is David Bowie. Right. Well, they, uh, they, they, yeah, they, uh, they did a really good thing on, on this thing uh, that you're mentioning uh, with the superheroes on the How It Should Have Ended series that's on YouTube. And they did uh, one on, on Superman Returns. And what happens is, is that, uh, you know, of course, as we know, he goes and has his big knockdown battle with the Zod. It's really, it's really ugly, right? So, but in the in the how it should have ended, he's like, ah, let me see here. Do I know anybody who knows anything about Zod? Oh, hey! So he goes over to, to the to the ship where his dad's hologram is, and he's like, "Dad, oh yeah, let me tell you all about him." And blah blah blah. And the next thing you see is that he's ta- he's taken you know their, their ship is impenetrable because of course it's it's super high technology, and you see him taking his baby ship, the little spaceship that he came as a baby, and he takes it and uses a missile and hurls it through Zod's ship. It's tough enough. He can use it like a missile, and he just basically just tears it all and just destroys them before they ever come down to Earth. And you know, and, and, and they switch back to Superman sitting there talking to Batman. He says, "He says, yeah. He says it's a good thing I did it. Can you imagine what would have happened if I would have let them come back to Earth?" He says, "I don't have insurance for that." <laughs> oh God! So you guys should all check out the Superhero Cafe with all the stuff that you know goes on with Batman and. Superman there is and the and the villain cafe by the way is just as good because they do one where all the villains get together in this bar and talk amongst themselves John you would love it because when they have Batman on he spends most of the time going I'm Batman okay well since you mentioned things like animated characters sure sounds like going to Toontown would be a lot of fun oh no <laughs> No, I don't. Please harken back to our 
Toon Worlds on the Fringe Paths episode for further information on it. Which Toon World? I was saying Two Town. I, I, I was saying, well, there is a there is actually a film Toon World. I don't know about that. That one's more like Fritz the Cat than anything else. But anyway, that one's dangerous. You don't want to go there, right? But anywhere where like you know uh, cats up in heaven are harling. Animals down on people just walking down the street, probably not the greatest place in the world. I mean, you might want to be able to pull off stunts like what the Roadrunner does to Coyote until you find out that, yes, you are the Coyote. Yeah. Actually, you were talking about that. I hate to, I hate to jump back to Pony, uh, Ponyville, Equestria, because uh, it's actually sort of canon that when you go to, because from, from the Equestria Girls movie, thank you, uh, that if you go there, you don't go there as a human. You go there as a pony. So you step to the portal. You're a pony. And when they go to, like, the other, the alternate world, they're like a pony humanish, hybridish thing. Yeah. They're a furry? See, sort of. Skinny, but you know they have skin, but they also have. Well, they're they're, they're multicolored, so of course Twilight Sparkle's character is purple in color. Mm. But, but anyway, mm. <laughs> I, I do not take enough drugs to watch that show. You yeah. Guys. Hey, don't look at me. I saw five minutes of it. It's time I can't get back. As far as I'm concerned, and they're still playing on going ahead with the Candyland movie. Oh. Yeah. Actually, I didn't. I never saw it until until I actually a friend of mine actually ran a game set in the set in there. So I, so I might as well watch an episode, and, uh, and now I'm on season five. Uh, Party! <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, but hey, but, but hey, don't forget there is also that someone decided to do um, a Half Life Ponyville. Okay, so yeah. now getting away from the ponies, right? Yeah, and, <laughs> fall, and, and, and Fallout yeah. and Fallout Equestria. Yeah. So yeah, but, but anyway, it, yeah, back back. To, Back to Toonville, yes. Right. Okay, so here's a place where the laws of physics are only loosely connected to things, okay? I mean, you can you can go and reach down and grab, you know, the ground and pull it up like it's a strip of, of, of cellulite, uh, celluloid, and drag it over, you know, and, and redirect traffic. You can draw, uh, if you draw a door on the wall, it becomes a real door. You know, uh, any, pretty much anything you can draw. You know, uh, you it will will come to life the way you want it to be, for good or ill. You can make things materialize just by throwing something over something and wanting it to happen. So it's really a great place to go if you really have a, a good imagination and a strong sense of concentration. But if you're somebody who gets distracted, ooh, <laughs> I think you're going to find that, that things get rapidly out of hand. And while you can buy anything from Acme, you shouldn't buy anything from Acme. Yeah. That's the phrase. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah. There's various incarnations of Toonville or, you know, Toontown. I mean, you got the, the uh, Looney Tunes. You got the uh, Warner Brothers. You know, so there's variations on that uh, as well. Cool World. Yeah. Cool World. Cool World, cool world seems very dangerous. Well, it, it was it was an adult animated thing, so yeah, it's yeah. If you're not careful, you become a tune, and I don't know if you ever stop being a tune. No, you you become a tune if you get killed by a tune. 
Oh, that's right. Yes. If you're a human and you get killed by a tune, you become a tune. So, yeah, it's that could be a bad thing. On the other hand, you seem to be a little tougher because you're a human, you know, because you're three-dimensional in a two-dimensional world. So, so just because it's a cartoon doesn't mean it's safe. And I would suggest The Land of Ooh from Adventure Time. That is not a safe place. That is fact. People there routinely die in the in the, in the series. <laughs> you know, it, it is a dangerous place to go to. I generally don't bring anime into the tunes because they're really kind of different. But there's a lot of animes that are very uh, uh, phasmagoric, if I may use that term. There was this one where it's literally this girl, she's in middle school, and she's got a friend who's a ninja, and she's got all these like strange friends, and they all have like special powers that would make only make sense in a kind of a two-dimensional world. You know, like one just doing the ninja thing where she's constantly replacing herself with a with a with a re, uh, replacement thing, which is supposed to be a ninja trick where you turn around and there's a blow-up version of herself sitting next to you, and she's already left. Sounds to me like Ninja High School, the comic book Ninja High School by Ben Dunn. It's it, it's like I say, it was an anime about like a fairly normal girl, but she's got these crazy friends. And but I mean, it seems like you know it, the, the high school has has uh, secret passageways, and and uh, every time you turn around, it seems like there's a trap door in the floor, and all kinds. Of, and that would be true in in a lot of uh, tune type adventures too, because it always seems like there's something like that going on, clear up to to planes flying in through the windows. I, I think we can pretty much say that if you think of an anime world, you're not going to want to be there. Let's take the Tenchi universe. I wouldn't want to be between Ryoko and Washu, for example. I don't want to be between those two. If you know who those characters are, the space pirate and the diminutive mad scientist. Yeah, the, 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 it's really hard to say which one's crazier. Washu can do far more damage. I think Washu... There's no jury being out. I would put my money on Washu being the wild. So, yeah, I, I, I will keep my mouth shut then because unfortunately, I uh, you, it's something you actually haven't seen the uh, the most current attention uh, Muriel then. So I'll just leave that for leave that for your pleasure. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> going back to Tenchi Universe that that whole series. That's one I'm most familiar with. Ayaka and uh, Ryoko. I mean, you, there's two people you want to be between. I was trying to remember that other name. Thank you. I yeah. That's only because she has those two giant cylindrical, you know, robot helpers that that basically destroy anything in their path. And then they got Ryoki with the uh, Ryoki, the Cabot, the little alien creature that turns into a starship. Yeah. Yeah. See, that I wouldn't want to be in that world because there's a lot of collateral damage there. I would say any place, any place that has magical girls, do not go to. Right, exactly. So, yeah, well, I think we can look at the anime being anime worlds being dangerous too. Right. I mean, just just imagine. Okay. I mean, all of you have been in middle school. Okay. Do you remember what the girls were like? I try not to. That causes a lot of pain, Bruce. Now give them superpowers. You know, th- this really could be any worse. Yeah. For a good example of that, uh, Madoka, Puella Magica, Madoka Magi. Ooh, yeah. That's a great example. Yeah, that, that it, it, it's one of the more famous ones. Actually, I've been watching one re- recently called Beyond the Bounder, Boundary. It looks like normal, a normal Japanese world, only no. it's It looks like a normal Japanese high school, only there's um, 
all the spirits are real and they actually have uh, spirit warriors, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's another one of these weird places where you think it looks normal until they so some you know cuts their hand and makes a blood sword and goes after you. Yeah. Well, in the movie Spirited Away, you know, you have this great resort. You know that everybody wants to go to, including all the river spirits and which are look like which can look like bog monsters and and all the other spirits that that are definitely not human. And if you're not careful, something will eat you, you know, or carry you off into the depths of somewhere by by a herd a horde of spiders. I mean, yeah, it it definitely was a Japanese land Japanese version of the land of Fey. Don't eat the food. Oh. Yeah. I just came up with another anime world you wouldn't want to, it'd be a nice place to visit, wouldn't want to live there. And I just watched that anime maybe two days ago, and it's Swords Material for my new Friday game. Steam Boy. That was a great movie. No, it was fantastic. But to be in London in 1866 during that time, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, especially when the thing is like halfway toppling back and forth across, the, uh, you know, dr- going across London like a drunken sailor. Yeah, and, and folks, it's done by the same guy who did Akira, which is pretty much, we can all agree, is probably one of the greatest anime of all time. Actually, that's another place you wouldn't want to go to. Oh, no, God, no, Near, no. Neo Tokyo. But, but Steam Boy, if you want to see vivid steampunk animation, it has Anna Paquin, Alfred Molina, and Sir Patrick Stewart. Come on, how can you go wrong with Rogue, Daka Octopus, and Professor X doing voices. Come on. But yeah, that would be another, that would be another bad world to be in just because... It sounds great, but I mean, flying around using a super, super jet stream of steam coming out from the... You're just holding on to it and, and hurling across the landscape, you know... <laughs> You know, those landings should not have, those landings should have been worse, okay? That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be having your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.